And I thank God I don't got to drink anymore. I don't got to cuss anymore. I don't got to go where I used to go and do what I used to do. Praise God, I ain't the same man I was, amen, before Jesus. Oh, I wish somebody would declare independence today. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be reading out of the book of, we're going to start in the book of 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you, Sister Katie. Wonderful job. Anointed. That's what matters. 2 Corinthians, we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Then we're going to shoot over to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Then we're going to end with Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. If you don't have your Bibles, and you should, uh, the scriptures will be on the screen this morning. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you, Sister Marlene. Sunday school may be dismissed this morning. In Jesus' name. thank God right now for the sanctuary full of kids we're going to see doing that one of these days. Amen. That was a lot of amens. That's faith. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 17. The Apostle Paul writes here, he says, Therefore, if any man, everybody say any man, that applies to everyone. If any man be in Christ, he's not the same. He is a new creature. Why? Because old things are passed away. And behold, all things, not one thing, not two things, not three things, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled, everybody say reconciled, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. If you are sitting here this morning and you think that you do not have a ministry, or that God has not called you to a ministry, that verse right there just spoke to you. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us, everybody say us, committed to us the word of reconciliation. Amen. Let's skip over to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 2 Peter 2 and verse 9. Peter's writing to the church here, and he says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who what? Who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I 
spoke Tuesday night about when God got a hold of my heart, the things I went through my house and I got rid of. Why did I get rid of them? Because my pastor told me so. No, I got rid of them because he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. And finally, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Very familiar scripture. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says this before he ascends into heaven. This is after his resurrection. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That implies that before the Holy Ghost, you lack power. Amen. Sister Joyce nailed it on the head when she said the Holy Ghost is everything. Let me tell somebody this morning, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the answer to everything you will ever face in life. I've said it this way. When I was a youth pastor, I said, if you can imagine it this way, you carry a backpack to school, and hopefully every day when you go to school, you have everything in that backpack you need to get you through the day. When God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he gives you a backpack that equips you, praise God, with everything you're ever going to need to tackle any situation or circumstance you'll ever face in life. Amen. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I've had this message on my heart for a couple of weeks. I preached it a little over a year ago. I felt to preach it again. I want to preach to you this morning on this topic The revival that brings revival. The revival that brings revival. And everybody said amen. In our opening scriptures, we heard the word reconcile or reconciliation quite a few times. That word reconcile or reconciliation by definition, it means to restore back to harmony or to restore or repair a relationship. So if we could say it like this, perhaps we could say that it means to restore harmony within a relationship. Amen. That's what it means to be reconciled. In the third chapter of the book of John, the Bible says that there was a religious man, a religious leader of that day. He was a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. The Bible says that he comes secretly to Jesus by night and he says to the Lord, he says, I know that you are a prophet of God because nobody can do the miraculous things that you are doing except he be of God. Jesus takes off from there and he says in the next four verses, he says, Nicodemus, if you even want to catch a glimpse of heaven, he said, you must be born again of water and spirit. Fast forward to the book of Acts in chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, we see the fulfillment of the promise of God. The promise that the day would come that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That the spirit of God would not just dwell with men, but the spirit of God would come and dwell in 
men. Amen. This particular prophecy was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Amen. And the Bible says that <clears throat> the apostle Peter stands up in the midst of this outpouring. There was an outpouring in the city of Jerusalem during the feast of Pentecost that literally brought the city to a standstill. Amen. It brought uh, thousands, if not tens of thousands of onlookers. Amen. And they begin to mock and they begin to ask questions. And the apostle Peter, the man that Jesus said had the keys to the kingdom in Matthew chapter 16, the apostle Peter stands up in the midst of them. And he declares in Acts chapter 2, he says, these that you are mocking, these things that you are questioning, these people that you are laughing at and saying that they are drunk. He said, these are not drunk as you suppose. He said, but what you are seeing happening right now. He said, this is that. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. In Joel 2 and 28, it says this. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. How many believes this morning that the word of God is true? Amen. When God said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that is exactly what God is doing today. My wife talked to a lady that she knows that is pretty much a devout Catholic. She attends a Catholic church. She married into a Catholic marriage. Amen. She communicated to my wife about two weeks ago that she went to a Catholic prayer meeting. I'll be honest with you, that doesn't sound all of that exciting to me. But after I heard what was happening at the Catholic prayer meeting, I was a whole lot more interested. She told my wife, she said, I went to this prayer meeting, this Catholic prayer meeting, and when people began to pray, she said, they began to speak with other tongues. Praise God. Amen. Jesus said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. Today in the Catholic Church, you got people that are talking in tongues filled with the Holy Ghost. About five years ago, the Southern Baptist Convention had an outlaw in the church that you were not to speak in tongues. But you see, there was a problem that developed within the church. Because those young people were going home from seminary. They were going back into their dorm rooms. They were getting together in prayer meetings. They were getting in touch with God. Amen. And God would pour out His Spirit. And those Southern Baptist students would begin talking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And so the leadership looked at what was happening. And they said, we cannot stop it. We're not going to be able to stop them from talking in tongues. Amen. That's not because you can't stop them from talking in tongues it's because you can't stop the Holy Ghost amen he said I will pour out my spirit upon old flesh amen listen you need to get on the ship you need to get on the gospel ship you need to get in this thing and you need to stay in this thing because it's the only thing that's going to get you to heaven and so what they did was they they passed a rule they said okay we realize we can't stop you from talking in tongues, so only do it in your dorm rooms. 
Well, I don't know how well that's went over. But what I do know is what God said would happen is happening. Amen. I promise you right now there are Methodists talking in tongues. There are Episcopalians talking in tongues. And you say, well, Pastor, we don't even believe that some of them folks have the full truth. And, and they don't, and that's okay. But if they got the whole real Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is what leads us into all understanding. Amen. Maybe they don't have all the truth right now, but if they'll lean into the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will show it to them. Praise the Lord. God's doing exactly what he said he would. And it all started right there on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Amen. Peter stands up and he quotes Joel and he says, what you're seeing right here is exactly what Joel would come, would, would say, said would come to pass. Amen. And then Peter goes on to preach a sermon to that crowd. He, he went on to preach the very first New Testament sermon. Amen. And the Bible says that when Peter was done with that crowd, when he was done with the Jews that day, he ended by telling them this same Jesus who you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. And the Bible says at that moment, by the Spirit and the Word of God, those men came under great conviction. They were pricked in their hearts. Amen. They saw a hopelessness and a need in their life. They began to believe that perhaps they were beyond saving. And they looked at Peter and they said, Men and brethren, amen, and make no mistake about it, Peter was standing there with the other apostles. All twelve apostles were there and yet no one stood up to disagree with Peter. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? How can we be saved? Amen. And then Peter tells them how to be born again of the water and of the Spirit, just like Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want to know how to be born of water and spirit? It is all contained right there in Acts 2.38. Amen. You want to make heaven your eternal home someday? You got to obey Acts 2.38 and then you got to go on to live a holy life before the Lord. He said, repent. Turn around from your old way. Turn around from being Lord of your own life and make Jesus the Lord of your life. He said, go down and be born again of the water. Amen. Having the only saving name called over you in baptism and your sins will be remitted. He said, then if you'll open your heart, hallelujah, and surrender your tongue, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. Nobody is excluded, but everybody is included. The Holy Ghost is for everybody. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I feel a preaching spirit this morning. The Bible says in verse 41, we see the results of Peter's preaching that day. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. The Bible says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They that gladly, they that received, they that acted by faith, amen. Faith is not believing something in your mind. Faith is not nodding your head. Faith is not giving the preacher an amen, but faith 
praise God, is when you get out of your pew and you say, Pastor, God said I got to do it. Hey, man, and I'm going to do it right now. Praise the Lord. That's what faith is. And the Bible says that by faith they received his word. They were baptized, hallelujah, and the same day there was added unto the church about 3,000 souls. I, I spoke in the beginning of this service about the dynamic that happens in obedience. Amen. Because there was obedience that day, there was a 3,000 soul revival that happened in the city of Jerusalem. What a way to launch a church. Amen, amen, amen. And it's easy to get excited about that. I get it. Listen, I've had the Holy Ghost for quite a long time, and I'm still excited about speaking in tongues. I'm still excited about the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm still excited about the things that God helps me with every day, amen, that I couldn't help myself with. I'm still excited about the victories that God gives me that I couldn't get on my own. But what we miss sometimes in these scriptures, we can get excited about it. And we should. But what we miss sometimes when we're reading through the account of Pentecost, what we miss sometimes is that there were two revivals that took place that day. You say two revivals? Was there somebody else that preached a sermon? Was there another place in Jerusalem they were meeting right before they went to Denny's and got the early bird special? If I could borrow this morning the title of this message, let me say this. There was a revival that brought a revival that day. Now you and I know that there is a certain time of year, just like for some reason there's a certain time of year where everybody does vacation Bible school. And you and I know that there's a certain time of year that you can drive through about any town that has a handful of churches. And during this particular season, you're going to read church signs here and there. And it's going to say, revival, this and this date. And a revival coming up on this and this date. And don't miss this revival with guest speaker so and so and so. It would have you to believe that revival is everywhere. Or it would have you to believe that we can only have revival between July and September. <laughs> but I have to ask the question... When I look at those signs, we're going to have revival in August. We're going to have revival in September. I have to ask the question, has the first revival happened so that the second revival can take place? I'm going somewhere this morning, I promise you. I see those signs and I ask the question, has the first revival occurred so that the second revival can take place? That word revival, that's, that's a common word. We talk about revival. We, we shout about revival. We pray about revival. We talk about past revivals. We talk about how we used to go to revival for two weeks at a time. But what does that word mean? The word revival comes from the root word revive, which means to restore to life, to restore to consciousness. So the very word revival, it means to restore something. So I hate to mess with anybody's theology this morning, but revival is a whole lot more than just having a guest speaker 
everybody get a little more excited than you do when the pastor preaches, and then we all go get Mexican. There's more to revival than that. Revival to restore to life or consciousness. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, and you, you hath he quickened who were, past tense, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That word quickened there, it means to make alive or to bring back to life. Or in other words, the apostle Paul said, in your sin, living in your sin, he said, you were as good as dead. But through the power of God, you have been restored. Through the power of God, praise God, you have been made alive. In other words, you have been revived. Amen. It is the power of God. Somebody hear me this morning. It's not about a special service. It's not about a special speaker. It is the power and the love of God that brings revival and restoration into your heart. That's revival. And so we got to understand this morning, the new birth is about more than just getting saved. The new birth is about more than simply joining a church. The new birth is about more than just Sunday and Tuesday service. Please hear me this morning. The new birth is about bringing back to life that which was dead. The new birth is about personal revival. By the very definition of the word, to restore to life or to consciousness, praise God. When you are born again of the water and of the spirit, you have a personal revival. You were dead in your sins and in your trespasses. You had a one-way ticket to hell, but because of the grace and goodness of God, the new birth provided a way to raise you out of the depths, to raise you out of the darkness, to set your feet upon a rock, amen, and rearrange your destiny eternally. That's what getting saved is all about. I got bad news for people that think getting saved is all about missing hell. It's about a whole lot more than that. Revival. We touched on this a little bit ago. Revival always brings about radical change. We touched on this in the beginning of service, the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost isn't just so you can talk in tongues. The Holy Ghost isn't just so you can become instantly bilingual. That's not what the Holy Ghost is for. That's not what the Holy Ghost does. You see, there's some people, hey man, that's never going to be able to change certain habits. There's some people that's never going to be able to break certain curses. There's some people that's never going to be able to change certain ways without the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to live in that bondage forever. It doesn't matter how much willpower you have. You don't have the power that the Holy Ghost has in your life.
That's the reason when a person gets the Holy Ghost, there's a radical change that happens in their heart because they get a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, starting at verse 26. The Lord speaks to the prophet. He says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. What's God saying there? He's saying, there's going to come a time I'm going to give you a heart transplant. That's what's going to happen. And I will put my spirit within you. And that, what's that spirit going to do? It will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. He said there's a day coming that I'm going to change your heart. There's a day coming, praise God, I'm going to put a new spirit in you, and that spirit is going to give you the power to walk in my ways. That spirit's going to give you the power to obey my voice. That spirit is going to give you the power to be a witness for me. I'm telling you, there is a radical change that occurs when a person really gets the Holy Ghost. And I'm not taking away from anybody that may come up here and, and, and have stammering lips. That's, that's part of it. But when a person really gets filled with the Holy Ghost, it ain't about just talking in tongues. There is a radical heart transplant that happens in your life and everything changes. Old things are passed away and everything becomes brand new. What I've come to this pulpit this morning to preach to you is that if we want revival in this church, then we need the revival that will bring that revival. If we want revival in this church, then we first need revival in our hearts. If we want revival in this community, praise God, then we have to have revival in our homes. Amen. If you want revival, if you want these pews filled, if you want there to be a drawing power of God working in this church, amen, then we need to have revival every day. Every day in our walk with God. Hallelujah. Every day when we get up and pray, we need to be seeking a personal revival. Amen. Where God gets a hold of our hearts and draws us closer to Him. Every day where we can hear the voice of God. Every day where God desires to add something to us and we surrender our hearts and allow him to draw those lines. I've come to tell somebody this morning, maybe you've been stagnant, maybe you've been in the same place, but God wants you to have personal revival. I've come to tell somebody today living under condemnation, it's time for you to let the devil know the word of God. For there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's time for you to go forward. It's time for you to pray like you've not been praying. It's time for you to seek like you've not been seeking. God wants to give you personal revival in your life. Let's clap our hands. Hallelujah. 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 God wants you to have personal revival because it's the first revival that will produce the second. 
Because when you're having personal revival, that's when you get ecstatic to see guests walk through the doors of the church. When you're having personal revival, you don't care how long you got to pray with someone that's seeking the Holy Ghost. Everybody can go down and, and get the early bird special, but you're going to tarry at the altar until they break through. When you're having personal revival, you will rejoice in your heart when a brother or sister is being blessed and used of the Lord. When you have personal revival, that's when God will lay such a burden on your heart in the strangest places. Hey man, when you're walking through the aisleway, just simply doing your grocery shopping, hey man, you're not thinking about anything but that baked potato you're going to have later. And you're walking down the aisle and you pass somebody and immediately the Holy Ghost quickens your spirit. Hey man, and you feel a burden in your heart for that person that you just know needs Jesus. Hey man, that's what personal revival it's about. It's about having the mind of Christ. It's about having the heart of God. It's about tapping into something that's greater than your self personal revival is when you get excited about the things of God personal revival is when you get excited about doing things around the church whatever that may be cleaning the church uh, lawn mowing uh, whatever ministry is needed, whatever, whatever's needed, you, you get excited. You say, whatever I can do for the house of God, whatever I can contribute, whatever talent or ability I have, you get excited. And you say, God's blessed me with the ability to play music, so I'm going to play music. God's blessed me with the ability to build and to fix things. Hey, man, and so I want to use my talent and my ability to bless the house of God. That's what happens when you get personal revival, is you get excited about doing the things of God and about being in the house of God and blessing the kingdom of God and the best thing about personal revival is that personal revival produces an overflow Personal revival produces an overflow. Listen to me this morning. You can't have personal revival and it not affect the people in the world around you. You can't be having personal revival, hey man, and it not affect the people that live under the same roof with you. You can't have personal revival, hey man, and it not affect the, oh, somebody hear me this morning. You can't have personal revival and it not affect the atmosphere of your workplace. Hey man, because there's an overflow of the Spirit of God when we're having personal revival. Let me go this far this morning. You can't have personal revival without it affecting the person that you walk by at Walmart. Without it supercharging the atmosphere around you. That's what personal revival will do. There's going to be an overflow. That revival's not just for you. It's going to affect the sister sitting behind you. The brother sitting beside you. Personal revival will always produce an overflow. Anybody here ever heard of a man named Smith Wigglesworth? The Bible says he was so full of the Holy Ghost. Now, he lived a long time ago. 
He was so full of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that there were times, there were eyewitness accounts where he would be sitting in a train car with a stranger sitting across from him that did not know him. And he would just be sitting there doing nothing. And that stranger would begin to wiggle and he would begin to kind of get uneasy in his seat. And there were times that those men would stand up and say, Sir, you convict me of my sins. And they would immediately leave the car. Smith never had to say anything. But there was a personal revival of the Holy Ghost. A surrender to the Spirit of God that produced an overflow. Amen. That affected the world around him. You want to change your workplace? Have personal revival. You want to change your family? Have personal revival. You want to change this? church have personal revival help me Jesus help me Jesus when I got the Holy Ghost it changed everything in my heart Man, I worked with this guy that did me bad wrong. He was a friend. Man, he crossed me. I mean, he double-crossed me. He did me bad. He was a co-worker. He was a friend. I spent a lot of time with him. Used to teach him karate. Taught him guitar. Man, we spent a lot of time together. The guy did me way wrong. I called him up on the phone. I told him, man, when I get you alone, when I got the Holy Ghost, very first thing I did, chased this, this guy down. He was a tow motor operator in our plant. I chased him down, man. You want to talk about fear? That dude thought I was going to jerk him off the tow motor. He was like, just for the record, buddy, what you're driving is bigger than me, so don't be. <laughs> and I ran up to him, and I grabbed the bars. The tow motor said, I got to talk to you. He said, what? I said, man, I want to apologize to you. I apologize for all the nasty things I said and the threats that I leveled against you, man. I want to ask you to forgive me. He said, are you serious? That's what he said. He said, are you serious? Yeah. I said, I gave my life to Jesus, man. He said, I, I can't have what I've been holding my heart against you anymore. Will you please forgive me? He said, absolutely. I said, are we, are we square? I was well known where I worked for my ability to string very strategically certain cuss words together in a row when I got mad, upset, or, or happened to hurt myself on the job. But when I got this Holy Ghost, when I got revived, I stopped using that language. I didn't tell dirty jokes anymore. I didn't hang out with the same people I used to hang out with. I changed my friends. When I was born again, every Saturday morning, my pastor, Brother Ham, and his wife, they would go out on visitation, and I could not wait every morning. I was not a morning person. Getting up early was not my forte, but I would get up early, and I would put on my khakis and my dress shirt, and I could not wait to get in that church van and go visit people. I just wanted to do something for God. Why? Because I was having a 
I was dead in my trespasses. I was dead in my sins. I was on my way to hell. I had a first-class ticket, but God redeemed me. wanted to do something for the Lord. So let me ask you this question this morning. What would happen today? What would happen today if every one of us just got a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost? Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil talk to you this morning and, and have you look around and see all the people that are here and the people that aren't here. Don't let the devil have you start counting heads. One, two, and say, Pastor, we've only got X amount of people here. What in the world are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to believe that we serve a bigger God. Listen, the Bible says that Paul and Silas turned the world upside down. There was only two of them. There's a lot more than two, two of us here today. Amen. So what if every one of us got a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost today? What if every one of us got a hold of God today? What if every one of us allowed God to get a hold of us? Hallelujah. Laid a fresh anointing upon our minds today. Laid a fresh anointing upon our hearts. What if we allowed God to put a new zeal in our hearts? Hallelujah. What if we made up our mind this morning that I'm going to have personal... I'm going to have personal revival, not tomorrow or the next day. I'm going to have personal revival before I leave here today. I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm going to open my heart to God. I'm going to change the pathway of my destiny before I leave here today. What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. We'd chase every devil out of Brookville. We'd chase every devil out of Liberty. Because everywhere your foot would tread, God would give you that territory. God would give you that dominion. God would give you that authority in Jesus' name. Oh, I, I'd love to get some people believing with me this morning. Oh, my, my, my. I wish I could get somebody that wants a revival this morning. I want to get a hold of some people that want personal revival this morning. Amen. I don't know. Maybe you're okay this morning. Maybe you're on fire for God. Maybe you never run low on faith, but I do. Maybe you don't need personal revival, but I do. I need personal revival. Hallelujah. I need God to touch my heart every day. Praise God. I need the leading of the Holy Ghost. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. I need the hand of God upon my life. Hallelujah. It's like Sister Joyce said, hey man, I couldn't make it anywhere without him. Hallelujah. I can't do anything apart from him. Hey man, I need personal revival. Hey man, I need God in this hour to draw lines in my heart. Hallelujah. I need a revival of consecration that I used to have. I need a revival of lines of holiness drawn in my heart. Hey man, that is going to keep me close to God. I need personal revival. You hear me this morning. That's going to keep my feet on the straight and narrow path. I need that kind of revival. Because broad is the gate and wide is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go in thereat. But straight and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. I need revival. Personal revival. Because it's what's going to save my soul, Sister Monica. 
I need. So let me challenge you this morning. Have you ever stopped and thought? In the recent time, have you ever stopped and thought to yourself, am I more zealous for the things of God now than what I used to be, or was I more zealous back then about the things of the Lord? Hallelujah. Was I more zealous about being a laborer for God? Hallelujah. Was I more excited about Bible studies? Was I more excited about handing out church cards? Was I more excited about planning outreach events and doing things for the Lord? Was I more excited about church back then than I am now? If you can honestly answer, and it doesn't really matter if you answer yourself honestly, God knows already. But if you will be courageous enough to answer yourself honestly, and you say, no, I'm not as zealous right now as what I used to be, well, you're in a good place this morning. What do you mean, Pastor, I'm in a good place this morning? You're in a good place this morning because God's ready to give you personal revival. Somebody's got to believe the preaching today. <laughs> You've fallen into a rut, a place of complacency. I'm going through the motions. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm showing up need personal revival. Amen. You need to get alone with God. You need, to, you need to change up your prayer time. Amen. You need to stop saying all the same things you used to say, and you just need to bear your heart before God. Amen. You need to pray like the elder was praying this morning. You need to pray until the power of God is all over you. Amen. You need to learn to go into prayer with a submitted heart that God, whatever it is you want to do to me today, God, let it be done. In the name of Jesus, I welcome it. I receive it. Change whatever you've got to change in my heart convict me O Lord of whatever you have to convict me for have the pastor preach against something I'm doing God whatever it's going to take for me to be saved God I pray God change those things I gotta have personal revival the Holy Ghost the new birth it's more than just being saved, it's more than just a tongue-talking experience. It is the beginning of a process where God is endeavoring to make you more like Him. Every day you wake up, you ought to be excited because it's another day that God has given you and He wants you that day to be molded into His image. You say, well, pastor, we're made in the image of God. Yes, we are. Amen. But when you are born again, you begin a process. Amen. Where God begins conforming you to himself. Amen. What does that mean? That means when we are conformed to Christ, here's what happens. When you are conformed to Christ, you take on his likes and his dislikes. What this means is that we will love the things that he loves and we will hate the things that he hates. What that means is that we are attracted to the things that he is attracted to, but we are also repelled from the things that repel him. When we begin to become conformed 
into Christ. We take on the likeness of Christ. Amen. Our thoughts begin to change. The desires of our heart begin to change. We begin to, more, begin to become more like Jesus. I've come to preach to you today a word from the Lord that we can have revival every day in our hearts. We need that. We need that so that we can be the light of the world. Please hear me this morning. To be more like Jesus, to be more like Jesus should be the goal of every Christian. I'm talking about a daily, not a weekly, not a Tuesday night or a Sunday morning, a daily renewing and drawing closer to Him. That's what I'm talking about. Not I'm going to wait till Tuesday to give my life to God. Not I'm going to wait till Sunday to give my life to God. I'm going to wait till Sunday morning to pray a little bit deeper. Do it today. To be like Him. There's that old song, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. This Holy Ghost, this Holy Ghost isn't so you can talk in tongues, amen. The Holy Ghost, somebody hear me this morning. The Holy Ghost is what signs your adoption papers into the family. The Apostle Paul declares this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. He says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, praise God. He said, but you have received the spirit, capital S, the spirit, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of adoption, whereby you now have the authority to cry, Father. And it's that spirit it's the power of that spirit every day that's going to make you more like Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that'll change the way that you walk. It'll change the way you talk. The Holy Ghost will change the way you think. The Holy Ghost will rearrange your priorities. Hey man, let me tell you this. The Holy Ghost will change the way that you dress. It'll change the way you interact with the lady at the IGA. Hey man, the Holy Ghost will cause the scales to fall from your eyes so that you can finally see life clearly. The Holy Ghost is what will heal what is hurting and fix what is broken. You want to know what the answer for the world today is? The answer for the world today was the same answer in Acts chapter 2. The, the, the world needs an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to have sovereign moves of the hand of God in our church services again. Amen. We've got to get the conviction to stop going through the motion. We've got to get up on Sunday mornings and be excited about church. We've got to come expecting a move of God. It's the only thing that's going to change this nation. I don't care what party you're affiliated with, and I could care less who you vote for. I'm voting for Jesus. Because he's the only one that can change anything. Amen. It's revival. 
in our heart that will bring back life to what was once dead in sin. I'm almost done this morning. When you have that personal revival, it's then, it's then that God will begin opening doors. When you get zealous for the things of God, amen, and you have that personal revival, and you say, I just want to do something for the Lord, let me tell you what will happen. <laughs> you'll come to your pastor and you'll say, Pastor, what do you think about having a Bible study at my apartment building? And the pastor will say, let's do it. And we've had some amazing Bible studies. God has moved beautifully, and the Lord is not done with Brookville on Thursday nights in the name of Jesus. When the doors begin opening is when we start having personal Revival. You see, before the Holy Ghost was ever poured out, Jesus told the apostles exactly what it would be for. We touched on it in the beginning of this message. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, But after the Holy Ghost comes on you, you're going to have power. Power to do what? Power to be my witnesses. I've told you stories of my wife and I praying for people in public and seeing people healed. Hey Amen. It's not because it had anything to do with our glory. Hallelujah. But what we were doing was we were introducing that man at Lowe's to Jesus, praise God. We were introducing that waitress at Cracker Barrel to Jesus, amen, and to the power of God in their life. I don't know whatever became of them, amen, but this Holy Ghost, praise God, that I've got, amen, and not only brings joy to my soul, amen, but it makes me a witness. I carry it everywhere I go, amen, and I believe that God can work through me no matter where I'm at. And here's the kicker. It ain't just for pastors. It's for all of you. You can do everything I've ever done. You can pray for people in public. Some of you have. You can see people healed. All you got to do is believe. Be obedient. Like the elder this morning. God said, come to the front and praise and worship. She did. We had a wonderful breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. So that Holy Ghost will give you power to be a witness. But here's the greatest witness. I'm getting ready to close. The greatest witness is going to be around the people that know you best. Your co-workers, your family members, your close friends, your children, your grandchildren. Because old things passed away. Everything became new. The greatest witness that you have is in your lifestyle. That's really what we're going to begin touching on this Tuesday night when we start teaching on holiness. When those closest to you realize that you've stopped cussing, stopped smoking, stopped drinking, when they realize there's something different about you, when they realize that there's places that you used to go, amen, and you're not going to go into those places anymore, 
There's a particular sense of humor you used to have, amen, and you stay away from that. When they realize that there's something very different about you, when they realize all of a sudden that you refuse to gossip or ridicule or condemn other people, that's quite a witness. When they look at you, Brother Caden, and they say, Caden, I don't, I don't really know what's happened to you, man, but you're different. They're going to think it's strange, maybe interesting, I don't know. You're going to be comfortable with it. But you're going to have a joy in your heart that you never knew you could have. You're going to have a peace that will carry you through every day. You didn't know what was possible. Maybe it was even possible to happen. Your friends, something's different about you. Caden. Know what it is, man, but some of your friends are gonna be like, Well, he's kind of lame. I don't hang out with him anymore, man. He don't wanna he don't wanna do all them things we used to do. Then there's gonna be some people that's gonna be like, Hey man, I don't know what's got a hold of you, but tell me about it. And then God's gonna raise you up going to make you a soul winner in your school. It's going to make you a soul winner in your community. You see, listen to me. Right now the world says that your destiny is failure. But I got a word from the Lord for you this morning the one that writes destiny. He knew you and he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew the plans that he has for you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of goodness and plans to prosper you. I don't care what the world says about your circumstance and situation. Brother Katie, God has something better. Maybe it's the young lady at the checkout at IGA. Seeing 300 customers that day, 300 faces dealt with all kinds of attitudes, and then you come through the line. 300 faces screaming kids, things that don't ring up right, one thing after the other, and then you come through the line I've seen hundreds of faces today. I've seen hundreds of cards. I've rang up maybe thousands of items today. I never paid attention to any of those faces, but you, there's something different about you. Something feels different about you. can't put her finger on it, but it's the Holy Ghost. 
can't put her finger on it, but you've got something to offer her that those other hundreds of faces could not. You have the answers that she's been looking for. That's when revival brings revival. That's when God opens doors for you to witness to that young lady. That's when God opens the door for you to hand her a church card and say, why don't you come and see us and you'll know what it's all about. <laughs> That's when God will open doors for you to get Bible studies in your apartment building, amen, or for you to go to somebody's house and teach a Bible study. That's when we will begin seeing families walking into this church. That's when we'll begin seeing lives changed in the waters of baptism. That's when we'll begin seeing vessels filled with the Holy Ghost right here in this sanctuary. That's when we start teaching discipleship classes and fulfilling the commission that God gave us in Matthew 28. When revival brings revival. As I close this morning, I want to challenge this church. I truly feel, and I've seen the fruit of it again this morning. I truly feel about three weeks ago something happened here. The Lord has not spoke to me and told me exactly what it was, and He may never do it, and if He doesn't, that's okay. I just want us to stay on the trajectory that we are on right now. About three weeks ago, something happened in this church. Something flipped. Something switched. We turned a corner. I, I don't know what it was or how to describe it. But I know about three weeks ago that there was a mass surrender in this congregation. There was worship unlike worship that I've experienced since I've been pastoring here. There, there was a getting lost in the Holy Ghost. I looked around the sanctuary and there wasn't anybody eyeballing me. Everyone had their, hand, their eyes closed, their hands lifted, and they were crying out to the Lord as the Spirit of God moved marvelously upon every heart. In that service, walls began to come down and hedges were placed healing began to take place in hearts and in minds strongholds began coming down there was a shifting that happened i want to challenge this church i'm not satisfied i, I love all of you but I'm not satisfied with this. Well, Pastor, why aren't you satisfied with this? Because God's not satisfied with this. I have a mission, and you have a mission. We have a ministry of reconciliation, each and every one of us. Amen. Let me tell somebody this morning, you are the only thing standing between somebody in hell. you understand that this morning you are the only thing you have the word you know the plan of salvation you are the only thing amen and God wants to use you to reach somebody man 
I don't know what we got to do on Thursday nights. But one way or the other, we're getting people into this house. Not just to be a one-time guest, but we're going to get people into this house. Amen. We're going to get them discipled. We're going to get them into the kingdom of God. We're going to get them living for God. We're going to fulfill the mission. So I'm challenging you this morning. I'm challenging you not to be satisfied with the status quo. I'm challenging you right now. Do not be satisfied with your current prayer life. Do not be satisfied with simply going through the motions. But hear the word of the Lord this morning. You can have personal revival every day. Amen. God wants to touch your heart every day. God wants to give you direction every day. God wants to open doors for you every day. God wants to use you every day. But you have to be a willing vessel. I close with this thought this morning. I was praying one morning, it's been some years ago. And I was talking to the Lord about why we don't see more revival. About why some people never progress why some people never have greater spiritual vision or are more greatly used of God and the Lord told me this the Lord said I cannot do anything with clay that refuses to be pliable you ever tried to mold dried out hard clay and make it into something it's near impossible because every time you begin to shape it it falls apart the Bible says that God is the master potter and we are the clay. If you want God to do something in your life, amen, you've got to be willing to bend. You've got to be willing to allow God to do something with you. And he wants, listen to me, he wants to do that every single day. So why not today? Why can't it start today? Amen. This altar's open this morning. I challenge somebody today in the name of Jesus to press into the Holy Ghost. I challenge somebody right now. Amen. Stand to your feet. Come on. Stand to your feet this morning. I challenge somebody right now to press into the Spirit of God. I challenge somebody right now to move into the dynamic of obedience right now. Would you lift your hands? To the Lord today in surrender. Would you lift your hearts and surrender right now? Come on. Come on, you can have personal revival this morning. Come on, would you just press into the Holy Ghost? Come on, would you open your heart right now to what God wants to do. Come on, I'm telling you right now, you can leave different than the way you came today. Come on, God wants to restore something to life this morning. In the name of Jesus, do not be satisfied until you leave here changed. That's it, Sister Marlene, press into the Holy Ghost. 
He said that if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Come on, have personal revival today as Katie sings. Press into the Holy Ghost this morning.